Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I fell asleep at like 8 yesterday. It was early. Did you really? Yeah, so late. But, uh, let's get into this. Welcome back to another week of Fresh Take with Joey and Ranveer. I'm Ranveer. And I'm Joey, and we are back for another exciting week, as Ranveer said. Uh, and before we get to the main topic of why we're doing this episode, we wanted to introduce kind of a new segment. We teased it a bit last week, but we were thinking about doing a week in review. So Yeah, so this week's in review, we'll start with uh, how in Nigeria, 300 schoolgirls were abducted. Uh, by a uh, government school in the country, and uh, it was in one of the country's West African nations. And, um, you know, it's kind of just crazy that this is normal there. Like, this isn't something that just recently happened and is, you know, like a one and done kind of thing. This is something that happens in Nigeria very often, or in these African nations very often. And uh, it's sad that it's not in the news cycle enough. So I remember, I think. Five or six years back, there was another country in northern Africa um, that also dealt with the problem of schoolgirls being kidnapped. And I, I don't mean problem as in like, oh, well, it happens uh, with like the the, the event of schoolgirls being kidnapped. Um, and I think that was perpetrated by a group called Boko Haram. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was about five or six years back. So it, it's disheartening to see that it's happening again. And I'm not quite sure if anyone's claimed... No, uh, when I read the article, like uh, there wasn't really very much uh, like a blame on any certain group, but um, the UN got involved and the Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez strongly condemned the abductions and called for the girls' immediate and unconditional release. Um, so when the UN gets involved in matters like this, uh, usually if the other side doesn't comply, it doesn't end very well. And he stated, he called that it's a grave violation on human rights. Obviously it is. And the rights of children. And, you know, yeah, uh, we take going to school for granted. And these kids now have to worry, like in, in within the article, they even talked about, you know, the conditions that these kids were facing. They were hiding in bathrooms, <clears throat> just, you know, waiting to, waiting to be saved or waiting to be taken. And, you know, I... I I, after I read this article, I kind of t- took a step back and realized, you know, that the fact that I don't have to worry about this on a daily basis is a blessing. Yeah, it's something that unfortunately goes uh, underlooked because it's not within our immediate news sphere. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean it's not something that's plaguing 
other people uh, across the across the globe. And we talk a lot about empathy. And this is, I think, one of those moments where it, it is hard to empathize because we don't really have anything like that in our area uh, where it we're recording. Seems surreal, right? It does seem surreal. It, it seems like something that comes out of an action movie, but this is real life, unfortunately, and it's it's only going to happen more and more. I mean, it's it, it's happened to the point where it's almost desensitized in the news cycle, but it's only going to continue, I think, and I fear, if it's not talked about, if it's not brought to the attention of more uh, communities and, and, and governments with more power that can that can help Nigeria. Although I'm sure Nigeria is perfectly capable, but we all need some support. And um, especially when it's a situation like this where you're not sure who's doing it, uh, more support and more news cycle is, is necessary. Because I'm, I'm more worried about um, once a group is named, the infamy part of that, where a lot of groups will commit acts of treason or acts of terror like this in order to get their name out there. But because no one's claimed it, I think that makes it a bit more scary and a bit more necessary to spread the word on, on what happened. Yeah, and like we said earlier, Nigeria has had several attacks and kidnappings like this in recent years. On Saturday, 24 students, six staff, and eight relatives were released after being abducted on February 17th from the Government Science College, Congra. I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong, in the Niger State. And in December, more than 300 schoolboys, again, were taken from a secondary school in Congra. Again, if I'm mispronouncing that, I apologize. In northwestern Nigeria, and were taken and later released. The government said there's no ransom for these students, and no, no ransom was paid. Um, so again, guys, uh, we take going to school for granted. And if you live in these, if you live in the U S you know, and, um, even in these European countries, shout out to all you guys that listen again. Uh, I know we don't say it enough, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you to you guys for all the support that you have given us these past couple months. Um, and you know, we really appreciate it. So, uh, next we'll dive into the golden globes. Yeah, that was a bit of a shit show. Um, I didn't watch it live, but I, I went back and I watched the recap of it, and it felt like you were. It felt like the people putting on the golden. Well, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler are the best. Love them to death. I say that as if we're friends, but <laughs> they did a great job with keeping the timing down. But it still felt like on like a holiday zooming with your family. Yeah, they, when I read the article, there were a lot of um, a lot of glitches. They said the, the literally the first yeah. line of the article was glitchy golden globes uh and so on and so forth so i mean um i commend the golden globes for you know still going on during these trying times and you know giving these uh people the recognition that they deserve um but you know something else i took away from this was there aren't enough uh african-american or black representation in within the golden globes right yeah, within the selection committee. Yeah, within the selection committee. And I think that was on full display. Uh, I think one of the biggest, like, I don't want to say scandals, but I, I will say it was Emily in Paris, the the Netflix show, getting a, a nod over a few uh, higher quality mm-hmm. um, productions and, and shows uh, by black creators. And that was like a slap in the face. And then to address it, the, the council that puts on the Golden Globes just kind of came out and they were like, our bad, sorry about it. Um, and the whole night, everyone kept saying we're committed to diversity, committed to diversity, and and um, they didn't give any actions. So it's just like, don't worry, guys, we are very committed to diversity. Uh, now enjoy the rest of the show where we did not commit to diversity. <laughs> and um, it was cool to see the Black Panther get commended, uh, yeah. get a nod. Um, and, you know, but there are a bunch of 
of creators out there that are of, are of color that don't get the nod. Um, and for a lot of these award shows, I mean, you, I look back and there's really like, there's some performative activism movies that are out there that are put on by a lot of white directors, white writers, and, and people that are like, look, we're good. We can do it. Um, rather than those stories told by black artists and, and people of color being celebrated, it's oftentimes switching to a narrative of, look at what the white people did. Yeah. And then that gets celebrated because oh, it's a pat on our back. Look how awesome we are. We aren't all bad. Um, so that's something that needs to change because everyone has a story and everyone deserves to be treated on an equal platform for their story. Yes, sir. And next, uh, when I read this, I was kind of surprised. Uh, the Czech Republic COVID crisis. So they are getting really uh, hit hard by this second stream of COVID. Um and which is surprising to me because they're a part of the European Union and the European Union is supposed to provide this support to all their nations, but they aren't able to firstly distribute the vaccine uh, properly because I guess they don't have the infrastructure shut up, set up in order to properly distribute the vaccine. And um, the second stream is hitting them because they loosened up on restrictions very, very early, as we'll talk about with Texas in a little bit. Uh, they loosened their restrictions and, you know, uh, people were going out like normal without masks and uh, it resulted in, in this huge spike uh, recently in, in the Czech Republic. So uh, if you're listening from the Czech Republic, please stay masked up, stay safe. Uh, COVID is still out there, uh, sadly. And, you know, we all hate it. We all want to go back to normal, but uh, let's help each other out and, you know, stay masked up and stay uh, healthy out there. And that, that kind of segues pretty well into, um, kind of what, what, another story that we want to talk about, which is the release of the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. It was just approved. Um, but it, it comes with a little bit of a cloudy spot. It's not as effective as the other two, the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccines mm-hmm. that are out there right now, but there's a third option, which is only going to get more people vaccinated, yes. which is the goal. But I think, um, it's important. Dr. Fauci said that we shouldn't ease up on safety measures just because of that. And I think that's something to remember because every time I go onto Twitter and another vaccine thing gets put out, they're like, Oh, when I get this vaccine in my body, I'm going to go crazy. And it's like, yeah, let's give like a two month grace period at least because COVID's not going away. It might become uh, kind of a year round disease, which is hashtag awesome. Um, but it is good that, that there's going to be a third vaccine out there that will hopefully increase the, va- the population of vaccinated people. Yeah, and, you know, they're ramping up the production of vaccines uh, every day, it seems like. So, you know, when Biden came into office, the media was struggling to think about how we were going to administer 100 million vaccines a day. And we're well past that number now. And, um, you know, that's just a tribute to the CDC, uh, the current administration, and, you know, all the people out there that are administering these vaccines. Um, so th- they released 3.9 million doses of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine across all tables. And yes, it is less effective, but it is one dose. And um, uh, it is, you know, you're still going to be vaccinated. And it's important that we all get vaccinated so that we can all, you know, as I said earlier, end this quicker. Next, we're going to talk about um, in Texas, the governor took away the, the mask mandate that was like federally uh, put out. <laughs> there we go. Uh, that was federally put out there. Uh, he, he kind of repealed that and pulled it back. So now you are no longer federally. I don't think it was ever really a law because it's a mandate. Um, but now you're no longer like 
at a state level generally encouraged to wear a mask. And uh, as I read that article, there were still people like local businesses will still have their mask mandate. Like when you go into, let's say Kroger, uh, you can still, that place can still, you know, have their mask mandate and you still do have to follow it. But there is just no governmental. uh, Yeah. It's not a requirement. It's, it's just, it's, it's something in the middle. A mandate is always very odd. Um, and I've never fully understood it, how it works legally, but it, it's not a requirement. You won't get arrested for not wearing a mask. And there's, I mean, you could do fines. It's a state by state thing. But uh, now you are no longer like legally pressured <laughs> to wear a mask. Rec- recommended, recommended by the Texas government. And could be enforced. Yeah. It just leaves the door open for enforcement. Because I know in Michigan, um, that's where, shout out Jimmy Cerrone, if you're listening. Uh, that's where he lives. And there's I've heard a few stories um, from him and from other people where you could get fined for not wearing a mask. But that's pretty pretty extreme for a mandate. So it just depends on where you are statewide. But Texas has repealed their statewide mandate. Texas has been pretty loose with their restrictions throughout you know this whole pandemic. Um which is fine for them. Yeah. And, you know, that sucks that they don't listen to listen to the science provided to them. But sure. to each his own. Well, that's why it's a federal government. So, that, I mean, we, we are a federalist uh, country so that each state can really make their own laws. The federal government can lean on them if they want to. But the states aren't strictly uh, tied to what the federal government does. So it just depends on where you live. It's their prerogative. You know, it's whatever they want to do. But uh, I figured, you know, they have been pretty lax. Their travel laws are pretty lax, too. I mean, I think senators can just get out of there and leave whenever they want. <laughs> uh, hashtag Ted Cruz. I love that, man, because he is just the worst. Usually I'm a supporter of beards, but he just doesn't look good with a beard. He's the worst. I love him because he's the worst. I love him in the way that you love, like, Thanos. Like your youngest child. Like your, well... <laughs> As a youngest, I'm just kidding. Fuck right out of here. Okay, um, now I got to put the e on this episode. I hate myself. Okay, so let's get right into the meat of this. I think that's. Do you have anything else you want to cover for the weekly? No, that was beautiful. All right, sweet. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of what we got cooking up today uh, in this delicious stew that we call Fresh Take. Uh, so we're going to talk about cancel culture. Yes, and uh, this is an interesting topic for me because. I think I've said it on previous episodes. Uh, we actually have a cancel chart at our apartment and, um, you know, cancel people jokingly. I'm not, you know, I don't really subscribe to the whole, whole cancel culture thing, but, uh, but we do have a little list going and it's kind of funny to see who gets canceled when and for what. So I know we disagree on cancel culture, so we can get to that in a little bit but just in case you don't know cancel culture is basically like widespread i don't want to say activism but it's like widespread condemnant of a person and effectively you know canceling them yeah it could be because of racist comments sexist comments uh you know anything that is outside the social norm of what you should and shouldn't say so being like pc is is one of or politically correct is one of the you know easiest ways to not get canceled but it is all enveloping so this is where i start to have some issues with cancel culture is because it starts to um take away from consequences so let's say somebody goes on the internet and they they tweet something slightly racist and they get canceled for it that makes sense a little bit 
right? Mm-hmm. You should be condemned a little bit for saying something racist, but not to the point where, and I'm coming up to the point here, I don't sound great, but I'm coming up to the point. But if somebody commits uh, sexual assault and they're also canceled, it puts them at an equal level if you just put them under the umbrella of, oh, this guy got canceled. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's where it kind of like deflates the consequences of committing a sexual assault because you're kind of conflating it with a comment that you see on Twitter. A good recent example of someone being canceled is one of my favorite country artists, Morgan Wallen. Um, he said the N word, uh, outside his house and he was yelling at someone and someone caught it on video and you know, he's canceled. And he later came out and said that he was on hour 72 of a 72 hour bender and how he apologizes and how he'll uh, reach out to black, local black, you know, uh, organizations and educate himself. And, you know, man, you're you're 28 years old, bro. Like, uh, I understand that you may be in this industry that almost revolves around, I won't say, I won't say revolves around, but it's kind of hidden. It's hidden racism within the, the country music industry. And I've heard Darius Rucker come out about it many, many times and say, you know, this, this, this music industry is racist. That's why you don't see many black country artists out there is because they are starting to, they start out and then these labels believe that, you know, they, this black dude can't sing country music. Like that's not what it's, that's not the social norm. That's not what it's supposed to be like. So, um, yeah, this is really a good chance for Morgan Wallen to, to come out and be better because he has a history of being a dumbass, like repeatedly, whether it be making out sorority girls in Alabama or saying the N word right outside his house. So this isn't the first time he's fucked up. So he needs to, he needs some, some, uh, some healing. So you're on the side of if somebody is quote unquote canceled rather than canceling them, provide education. Yeah, easily. So I agree with that. I think that every person deserves a second chance I do think that somebody needs to check people. You know what I mean? I think if we all want on fuck up and say some terrible shit and then we learn from it and then we do that again, do you think that are there no third chances or so that's where it's gray for me. That's That's where it's it's very gray for me. It is gray, but like with something, something like this where we'll use Morgan, we'll continue to use Morgan Wallen as an example. If if he actually reaches out and, you know, educates himself and and does everything he said he would do in his five minute apology video that he posted, then yes, he should be forgiven. Everyone deserves a second chance. But that third chance, eh. Yeah. That's where and this is what I've always struggled with with cancel culture is there's a difference between being canceled and facing consequences. Because I feel like every other day I see a notes app apology, which is not facing consequences. And then two months later, they pop back on and they have the same following, same mm-hmm. fan base, like nothing happened. And then someone's like, hey, remember when you did that? It's already forgotten. Yeah. Well, for example, uh, I, the, what I don't like is when old tweets or something get brought up and then boom, canceled. Like, for example, Kevin Hart. Uh, he had some tweets that were homophobic 10 years, 12 years back now, and people brought them up recently and he got canceled again, but he had already apologized for that years back. And, and, and it was a part of his, 
his skit. Mm-hmm. And what people don't realize about comedy, you do because you're a comic, but like what people don't realize about comedy is it's a joke. See, this is where I, I have an inter- I have a different perspective on this. And I, I think I've said this a couple of times. What I feel like the message of comedy and what it is about, there's different sects of comedy for sure. And people have different minds. What I'm saying is not the, the word of law, but I've always felt like it's the comedian's job to punch upward, mm-hmm. never punch down. Yeah. And it, I understand with Kevin Hart. Here's what I'll, I think you said he got canceled, but he's already back. Yeah, he's already back. What, he got canceled and then re he had to do a whole nother apology tour. What happened to me in my, in my perspective is he wasn't canceled. He faced consequences. Okay. And if you right or wrong, if, if I know society's changed and we have different perspectives, then we did 12, years then we did 12, whatever, however many years down the line, he faced a consequence for that. Mm-hmm. And I understand that 10, 12 years ago, we thought differently, but we still have to prove that we've grown. And he did do that, but unfortunately he faced a consequence for that. And I think that is the most mature way to do it. Yeah. I don't want someone to have to, you know, rebuild their life because of a, an old bad tweet. That's not what I'm saying at all. I've made some bad tweets. I, I don't think I've had anything that's cancelable, but I've made some stupid jokes. I wouldn't want to have to rebuild have. my life from that. I will say, if I faced consequences for it, I would be okay with that. There's consequences and there's canceling. And I think right now there's a, the, the line is becoming very blurred. Because mm-hmm. if you're just canceled, you come back. But if you face a consequence, I think that gives you the chance to learn. But it also, and this is why it's such a tough topic, consequences can also breed extreme toxicity. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're seeing is the extreme reaction to cancel culture. Yeah. Is that's pissing a lot of people off. Yes. And like, I think I've always said throughout the, throughout like this whole podcast is it's important to collaborate. It's important to, to have conversations, even though you may disagree, whatever it may be, the conversation is always important. And I promise you always come out better from it. So, you know, to the Morgan Wallens of the world, to, (laughs) to these people that say these dumb things and do get canceled for it. Like it's, it's time that you do face the consequences. Cause I'd imagine that I don't, I don't want to make assumptions, but maybe that's not the first time Morgan Wallen said the N word, you know? So it's important that yes, he faces the consequences. That's important. Always important. I think just cause you're a celebrity, that doesn't mean that you are above any grounds. You should be treated the same as, as I would, if I said the N word or you would, if you said the N word, right? And if, as I said earlier, if he does come back and, you know, has learned something, his, yeah, his music will be better. Well, I, this is where it always gets tough for me to think about is because all people are capable of growth Mm -hmm. and cancel culture kind of takes that, that growth away from you. If you are just not educated because yeah. if you are if you're cut down for a tweet that you said and you lose everything and nobody tells you what was wrong why it was wrong or gives you a chance to explain yourself that's going to breed so much anger and hostility and could totally inhibit the growth of that person I, I fully believe that everyone deserves second chance and that everyone has the capacity for growth it makes which is why i don't agree with the idea of canceling is because the person you have to give the person the opportunity to learn right and 
And cancel culture kind of breeds this environment that everyone's perfect, no one fucks up. Everyone fucks up. We're human. It's okay. As but what matters is how you learn from that fuck up. Yeah, this is this is again where I have two qualms with totally abolishing cancel culture. Number one, I think it needs to be rebranded. Um, I agree that cancel culture itself has had such a terrible reputation, and for and for good reason. A lot of people, this is kind of the side that that is brought up a lot. But some people get canceled, and it it comes out later that they didn't do this or they didn't do that or it wasn't actually what it seemed like. There's a very reactionary side to it, but I will say it. If it gets rebranded to a consequential consequence, culture isn't the same at all. That doesn't have a good <laughs> ring at all. But uh, so there needs to be something that checks people. And with a new shift in society, there's always going to be some serious growing pains. This is a growing pain. It's going about the wrong way at the moment. But I don't think. I mean, it's reactionary. We've never had real checks like this before to people with such high status. Yeah. Like the people have never held, held so much power over celebrities before. So it's going to be hard in the first part. There's a lot of growing pains. Yeah, and I feel like there's this conception out there that uh, if canceling someone makes you an activist, right? And and good old 44 weighed in and, and said, by the way, if those of you don't know who 44 is, that is my favorite president, Barack Obama who weighed in and said, cancel culture really isn't activism at all. The idea of purity and you're never compromised and you're politically woke and all that stuff, you should get over that quickly. The world is messy. There are ambiguities. People who really do good stuff have flaws. And, you know, that, that quote by President Barack Obama really, really spoke to me. And that's why I really believe that, you know, cancel culture needs to be rebranded, like you said, or even put a stop to, because it's easy to hide behind a screen. And we've talked repeatedly on this podcast about social media activism, and it's easy for someone to to hide behind a screen and say you're wrong. And you know, when you point at someone, there's three fingers oh, pointing right back at you. So, <laughs> so I think oh. I think it's time that we we look into ourselves. Yeah, another issue that I do have with cancel culture is something that I touched on when I was introducing it a bit, but it makes it easy for people to disregard the more important stuff. Um, I think if somebody does something truly terrible, truly evil, and then it's branded as they're being canceled, then it's easy to disregard. Mm -hmm. And we're hitting that shift right now where now people are just like, oh, he got canceled. That's just the left up to their old tricks again. Like, no. That's where that's where it gets to be a, a serious issue and something that's already rearing its ugly head is that people that deserve to be checked and that deserve to have consequences can now easily push that to the side and say, oh, look at them conspiring against me. It's cancel culture again. They, they, they're trying to get me, but they won't. Like, no, you, you killed someone. Like, you, that's not being canceled. <laughs> like, And that's what the right has done when it comes to these social issues, right? Where, Where – they'll just blame cancel culture and people on the right are like, yeah, fuck cancel culture. And, you know, that's where they rally behind them. And that really goes into my last point about how the right doesn't cancel anyone. It's literally just the left against the left. So if we continue to cancel each other, and I think that's why, you know, President Obama weighed in on it is because Morgan Wallen's streams have never been higher. Yeah. You know? Well, it gave a boost because people, a lot of people didn't listen to his music and then they're like, what, who is, who's this Morgan Wallen guy? What did he do? He's like, he's a good artist. He puts out good music. I really do enjoy listening to his music. So, you know, yeah. the, the, <laughs> the right doesn't 
the right roasts cancel culture. They make memes about cancel culture. So, again, unity is important. And yeah. Well, it's become a David versus Goliath, and now it's taken its... Now it's flipped, and it's like Goliath versus a gnat mm-hmm. a little bit. Like, you were fighting... In the beginning, cancel culture was effective. It, it worked as a way of checking people. It worked as a way of keeping people in their grounds. But now it's overflowed into some monster that's that's so ineffective at getting to people. Like, it used to be people would change from their mistakes because they were canceled. They had to look at themselves... They had to decide if they wanted to grow and how they wanted to grow. And now it's like, oh, yeah, I got canceled. That's so annoying. <laughs> they have something to blame. They have something to blame. There's a martyr now. Yeah. And when, again, Joey and I have said many times that, like, it's important that we all are together, right? It's this, this world is a rough place. And unity is important. And it's important that we collaborate and learn from each other and become better from it because without that you really lose sight of what a society is supposed to do for each other i'll end it on this um this is the last thing i really have to say about cancel culture if you have something that i brought up that you want to talk about but uh this is the first step in accountability it's a huge overstep and it's a big swing and a miss at the moment i mean it's getting torn to pieces and it's not as effective as it should be could be or will be hopefully and it's it's definitely not pinpoint accurate. Um, there's no perfect system for for accountability, but this is the first step in hopefully holding people accountable for the mistakes they've made and helping them to grow. Right now, we're just at not holding accountable, helping people grow, but just pointing at someone's mistakes or you know maybe intentional intentionalities. But right now, it's just point at cancel repeat sort of thing Mm -hmm. uh this is the first system that we have in place it's going to be gross it's going to be bad but there's a there's coming to be a point where it's going to shift and hopefully we'll have a more effective way of helping people see the error in their ways and to help people grow i say we scrap it and start from scratch um you know there i think there are way better ways to go about it uh i think education and awareness and you know other things are more important than pushing someone to the side and telling them to figure it out for themselves. Um, But, you know, as we go on, it is important to reform this system and, you know, figure out how we can hold people accountable without shutting them completely out of society. Um, But, you know, that's all I have to say for this week. And I can't wait to see you guys next week. All right. Stay safe, guys. Remember to mask up. Stay beautiful. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.